What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the What Made You Do a podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you all to Ben Howard. Ben is a man of many talents. He is an arborist, a beverage production specialist, and helps guide month-long canoe trips. He lives his life by always trying to be on the right side of the what-if, a phrase that I've since adopted. But without further ado, let's get to the episode. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of What Made You Do It. I am your host, Sam Moore, um, and I'm here today with one of my very dear friends, uh, a guy that I've known since I was 10 years old, I'm pretty sure. Sounds Um, about right. right. Uh, The one and only Ben Howard. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah. Excited to see what this is all about. (laughs) There we go. And we're off. Um, Well, Ben, um, I typically like to do a rundown of the introduction. Okay. But as I was thinking about writing it for you, it's like a pretty chaotic mess. So I would love to pose the first question to you to be in like, when people ask you what you do, how do you answer that question? Uh, I guess it depends who I'm talking to, but usually some variation. I cut down trees for a living. Um, But uh, yeah, that's a simple one. Uh, I've been a climbing arborist for a handful of years now, and I'm also going to school. I got a scholarship to attend DU and doing that whole thing and just kind of bounce around and, you know, yeah. try, and what, try and make stuff happen. <laughs> I love it. What, what are you studying in school? Uh, I'm getting a master's in business analytics. So learning how to code, uh, taking a class on optimization now. So learning Python, uh, learning a new language. Um, yeah. So that should be pretty interesting. It's been a ton of fun and nice to be in like a structured environment again where, you know, people want to help and <laughs> they, you know, they're there for, for you and, yeah, kind of a nice progression and steps are laid out. Well, it's like, I mean, arborist and coder are like two complete polar yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like a day-to-day yeah. work life. I got caught out in class. Uh, I was getting frustrated and, I, you know, said like, you forget I cut down trees for a living. And <laughs> like, oh, you're not fooling anybody with that one anymore. So I don't know. I'm going to, might have to start leading with that one day, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so I... I want to, like, we were just talking as we were walking over here um, to the studio about the business that you're building around the trees. Yeah. Um, And I want to get to that, but I want to start more with, like, high school, college, kind of, like, into the working life of Ben. um, Okay. And kind of fill in the gaps of, like, you know, who you are and how how you got to this part of, you know, coding and and cutting down trees. Fair Um, enough. But, like, Okay. So we know we've known each other since we were ten years old. Yeah, better or worse. You know, For better or worse, now. yeah. Went yeah. to middle school and high school together. Yeah. Um, had about a solid seven year, eight year gap where we, you know, did our own thing. Yeah, yeah. did our own thing. Saw each other at uh, uh at your brother's uh, night before Thanksgiving party yeah. annually. Yep, um, that was a good time to catch up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then we uh then you know wound up in Denver together. But yep. so like high school Ben, talk to me about high school Ben and like what what his dreams aspirations were. Dreams and aspirations for high school Ben. I I don't know. I, you know, even back then I'd say, you know, just, I I didn't really have any sort of grand plans. I really enjoyed being outside and, you know, I went canoeing in the summers and spending time up in the North Woods of Minnesota and Canada. So wanted to figure out how to do that with my whole life. And uh, during the school year, liked math, science, and, you know, typical wasn't as good at reading and writing and all that, but, uh, yeah, I grew up with two brothers and 
I'd say there was a lot going on all the time. So people joke that influenced me and <laughs> I'd say that's pretty true. But I mean, you could probably speak to that just as much as I could, uh, what high school Ben was like. And yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's high school Ben in a yeah, nutshell. Yeah. yeah pretty, nothing too remarkable. I'd say just kind of doing his thing. Well, and I said, you, you mentioned the, the canoe trips and I just was in the North woods of Wisconsin. I mm. portaged, um, a couple of lakes for the first time in my life. How um, it, feel? it was, it felt great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rewarding, very rewarding. Um, it, it, it is like, it was a five mile total kind of like canoe. Um, the portage was only like, you know, Oh, I was going like to say a, a five mile portage. That's, uh, yeah, that's some real, real <laughs> stuff. No, it was the portages were like, we did it across two lakes and they were both like quarter mile to half mile tops. Yeah. I mean, that's not insignificant. That's yeah. The, just, and, and for everyone listening, I had no idea what portaging was yeah. before, before I did it, but basically you, you know, you canoe across a lake and then you get to the other side of the lake. And in order to kind of like, you know, tra traverse the um, land to get to the next part of water, you like put the canoe on your back yeah. and you are portaging with a canoe on your back or on your shoulders. Under, I was going to say shoulders. Shoulders. Yeah. yeah. If you're yeah. on your back, you, you might be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I would, I have no, there's no evidence of this. Yeah. Uh, so do not critique my form. Um <laughs> But yeah, so then, and then you get to the next one, you like put the canoe back in the water and Ben used to do that for weeks, right? At Long a time. time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I started doing it when I was pretty young, just overnight stuff, uh, going across Cass Lake and to Star Island. And then by the end of it, I was leading trips to Hudson Bay. I've been on trips up to the Arctic and, um, you know, paddled half, if not more of the border between Minnesota and Canada and did the Grand Portage. That's eight miles. So that, that was, uh, an endeavor and. Yeah, you know, it, it was a great time and I was lucky enough to do it with a group of friends and different people and do it as a trip leader and work with, um, you know, kids under 18 and help them just get out into the environment and learn about the trees, waterways and how to travel across land safely and efficiently. Yeah. Was that great. when you like first kind of, uh, I, I don't want to like put words in my mouth, like fell in love with nature? Like <laughs> is that, or was, you know, when did that kind of... Yeah, I occur. mean, I think it was always there. My mom has always been a big outdoors woman and just really appreciated time outside, whether it was just like sunbathing out back, <laughs> sitting and soaking in the sun, getting that energy. But I think she really stoked the fire. But yeah, discovering it for myself was up in uh, that Camp Chippewa. And, you know, got to give them a little bit of a shout out. They're huge uh, in helping me figure out getting to where I am today, I think. And, um, you know, like I said, mom and dad and everything, <laughs> I feel obligated, you know, on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out, shout uh, out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just spending time up in Canada and Minnesota and being, you know, finding that, you know, solitude and that peacefulness, um, and kind of that common presence. And, uh, you know, you really put yourself to the test mentally and physically. And, you know, I think I was able to develop that in high school as well. Um, but you really learn what you're capable of and understand that you just, you know, portage and put one foot in front of the other and eventually that lake will come out on the other side and yeah, you'll figure it out from there. <laughs> it's, I mean, I have, I only had that one portaging experience, but I do think, you know, the two elements that you talked about, which is like being in nature yeah. and then also physical exertion, yeah. like those two those two things are like the most natural, naturally meditative, um, practices that yeah. I've like found for myself other than, yeah. But, yeah. and, and it's, I guess, you know, you, you seek those out more than probably anyone I know. 
Um, and in terms of just like trying to find, you know, like what yeah. you do is for a living is like you climb trees, cut them down yeah. in the sun, you know, like I, you're using a chainsaw. So I assume you have no like headphones that can play music or anything, right? It's just like <laughs> you and the elements, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, I would love to kind of like <clears throat> piece back like what it is that led you to seeking it out or, you know, things like that. I mean, it's interesting that you described that because when you were when you were describing that in my head, I was a lot of it really is just risk mitigation, mm. and that's really what I think is probably a common theme amongst all these endeavors that I've kind of sought out. Where it's like you know that that is an interesting word, seeking a mountain, um, but I think that's really the common theme, and that's what the the common tread. And the reason I bring that up is you know you say you're in these situations and. Um, I think I just got good from being outdoors at figuring out like, is this the next correct step? And if it mm. is like, can I come back? Can I, can I recover from it? And, um, you know, I mentioned this earlier, like being on the right side of the what if, you know, like we're kind of coming to the end of a portage or like, you know, and cutting the trees or, you know, following this industry, um, you know, you can always explore the next step and what it is to get more serious. But if you're able to learn and transfer those skills into something else, and I think I've been really fortunate in being able to like see those common threads. Um, like I got into trees because I'd been climbing rocks since 2014. I had a roommate uh, who got me into it. Um, and just understanding systems and like understanding the equipment and knowing that you can trust it um, and, you know, how to evaluate it. So just gaining your confidence, gaining your skills and uh, becoming a beginner again. And like, you know, I really enjoy that process of learning. Um, and so, yeah, it, I think it is a, a dangerous and, you know, uh, job. And but if you understand what you're doing, like anything, you can do it safely and intelligently and um yeah, I think that's kind of been what's led me one to the other and kind of pulling on the different themes and um yeah, that's I think that's kind of Yeah. Well, it's in in the uh, the concept of like the polarity of you is showing up again because we you know, we're talking about like the trees and the coding. Like you're discussing some of the most dangerous things that you can do, which is like bouldering and climbing rocks and climbing up to trees with chainsaws, and but like through the lens of like safety, um, which is imperative, I would assume, yeah. uh, when you're doing that stuff. But it's like it's it's so interesting that it's you know the the your your pride is in the safety safe aspect of it while doing the most dangerous things. I mean, I think that's. I mean, you've you've put on some cool events, and you know, like you have that confidence when you understand all the moving pieces, or you know, whether you're producing a product, or um, you know, just going skiing or hiking or running and things like that. Anything where you're you trust in your body and your decisions. I think, you know, that was something I learned the hard way of just, you know, making mistakes and uh, you know, being responsible for other people and you know the livelihoods of. Um, you know, either kids canoeing or putting a paycheck in people's pockets or receiving a paycheck and uh, putting it all together. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it is something I think to be cool and you can kind of take pride in knowing what you've learned and. Yeah. Yeah. And also being able to come home to your wife at the end yeah. of the, the day of yeah. doing crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. She'll, she'll keep me in check. You know, she calls me, uh, she gave me the nickname, uh, captain safety and, you know, I'm hoping to get a promotion to, you know, Colonel or something, whatever is next. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a good reminder too, of, you know, somebody telling me if I'm doing something stupid and, you know, either listening or not, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, being able to justify it and if I can, 
if I can make it a, a sound argument and, you know, pr have that lens uh, to take the next step and um, do it in a, in a way that I know I'm going to be safe and everybody around me is going to be safe or at least understand the risks going into it. But mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so switching gears to a little bit later in life, Ben. Um, so, because yeah. and you, so how many summers in a row did you do the canoe stuff? I have no idea. I think I've been involved for like seventeen, give okay. or take. Yeah. So that that's been a good through line. Yeah. Um, but at some point, you leave. You know, leave our hometown of Lake Forest, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Go to University of Richmond. Yep. I don't actually don't even know the answer to this. What, what did you study when you were in college? Economics. Okay. I got a business degree in economics. Um, I was initially going to be a math major, or I thought so. Um, had the stereotypical, uh, you know, first college class was Calc 2 and 8.30 in the morning and can't remember what day of the week. But, uh, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to kind of keep using my brain in a mathematical way. And uh, I had an economics professor who just was absolutely incredible and explained that it's a way of seeing how people make decisions in a, like in a, in a numeric way, whether, um, you know, it's a dollar decision or, um, God, it's been so long, you can't, util, utilization, you yeah. know, utils or whatever yeah. that unit is. Um, and yeah, that kind of, again, was just like, all right, people are weighing their options. They're understanding what they have and whether it's uh, just an intrinsic, unthought about way of approaching a decision, uh, like a go or no go decision, because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, or um, understanding how things are interrelated. I think it just kind of really spoke to me and this professor made it very digestible. And so, yeah, chose that as my major, played rugby for a bit until had a head injury that... Uh, Cut short my very short rugby career and <laughs> illustrious though nonetheless. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. I uh, don't remember most of it. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I get from the head injury, not the uh, not uh, anything else associated with college. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's, so it's interesting because I w I went to college with an like an econ major. Mm. I ended up transferring because that weirdly University of Illinois economics was not in the business school. Mm -hmm. So it was like a liberal arts they degree. They had that option as And well, then I, I transferred into the business school and studied finance. But I, I still yeah. remember my first econ class was in high school with uh, with Mr. Simmons. Shout out Mr. Le Mr. Simmons from uh, Lake Forest <laughs> High School. But that was – I remember the econ class was like the way that they were describing it. It's obviously a very simplistic form. But it's the first time like the world made sense to me. Yeah. Like these – this is how – business is done, people make buying decisions, you know, like the, the order of operations of the world kind of like became clear yeah. through a graph on, on the econ <laughs> form. And then obviously you take a one step out, like one, one step outside of the classroom and, you know, chaos ensues of, of, of the world. Yeah. But, um, yeah, economics is what's the Latin, like ceteris paribus, all else equal, like real world, you know, too many variables. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I just saw Oppenheimer on Tuesday okay. and like, I'm assuming you haven't seen it yet. I have not. Yeah. Will saw most of it. Uh, I'll, let you, <laughs> I'll let him tell you that story, Yeah, uh, but I've heard enough about it. Yeah. It was, I mean, great movie. Loved it. I'm the biggest Killian Murphy, Murphy fan. Uh, just Peaky Blinders is my favorite show, but the, the, like one of the core themes throughout that movie was so, um, 
J. Robert Oppenheimer was a, a theorist, like a mathematician mm -hmm. theorist. And it was just like, you can only learn so much in theory. You need to go like put it into practice. And, hmm. you know, this is obviously through the lens of like the Manhattan Project building yeah. the atomic bomb. Um, but like, you know, I think that is a great representation of the world and e economics and everything where it's like it can look really great on paper your your calculation can look great you you know you're you're doing your prep work before you climb the tree but yeah. it's that only takes you so far you have to go yeah. do the act and execute yeah, on, on all the things and that's the scary part yeah <laughs> yeah that's the hardest part i think uh you know yeah just taking that step into action and um you know but again if you if you feel like you've done enough research it's kind of just the natural progression you there's really nothing else to do. Yeah. So. Well, and so what was your first job out of college? Out of college was um, working as a business analyst for a large consulting firm in their healthcare arm, um, sitting behind a desk and making spreadsheets and PowerPoints. And yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. My first job was also consulting out yeah. of college. Yeah. Uh, I, I would not have I'm described I'm very it. lucky for it. You yeah. Know, I, I was great to get a job out of college and I'm aware of that and, um, you know, definitely learned a lot and hoped, you know, obviously it's always going to be a part of who I am. So it got me to where I am. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, found, you know, one day it wasn't for me. <laughs> How long did you last? Uh, a little under a year, I think. Um, 10 months per chance. That was, I lasted 10 months. I'd have to double check. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My college roommate, a uh, good friend, uh, he was starting a, a coffee company. Uh, he was just a huge coffee guy. And I remember living with him in sophomore year and his coffee machine would be going off before, I, you know, he'd be, he was an accounting major and he was in a suit and tie and out the door before I was out of bed. Um, and I didn't even sleep in, you know, this was like seven thirty, eight o'clock. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was always just a big coffee guy, specialty coffee guy. And so he's uh, went down a path to starting a canned cold brew operation. And I just kind of, you know, poked him on the shoulder and said, if you ever need help, just like filling bottles or making deliveries, you know, let me know how I can help. He was up in DC. I was down in Richmond and I uh, was happy to deliver and everything like that for him. And, uh, he took me up on that offer and yeah. And then I ended up uh, just working with, with that part time and eventually jumped in and started being the production guy for him. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out Mike. Mike's, yeah, Mike's the man. Guy, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you he and his wife introduced me to Jenna. So you know, full you know business and great friend and yeah, yeah. And and Jenna, Jenna is a uh, uh, Ben's amazing, lovely and, wife, and yeah, beautiful wife. Yeah, um, she was yeah. the one who fed me breakfast this morning. Yeah, Make sure I ate. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Jenna. Um, okay, so Mike had Convergent Coffee. Yep, and started off as Confluence, Confluence, and then switched to Convergent. Yeah. Okay. Not important. Yeah, yeah I was, I was part like, of the journey. Is there part a story? The, is there a story there? You know, every you know, just rebranding. Um, yeah. Is it because Confluence became a really well-known software company? No, uh, or, or, I believe or I'd have to go back. Uh, there was a brewery in Iowa, I think, mm -hmm. that uh, suggested we change our name, and they heavily suggested it. So yeah, through some paperwork, and I don't. I was not involved in those uh, conversations, so I can't speak to that intimately. Yeah, um, my job was. I was just there to make coffee. That's uh, that's <laughs> what I said at the time. Now I cut down trees. Back then, I just made coffee. Yeah. Um, well, so that's, I mean, one of the benefits of uh, having a Spanish word that is the command form of a verb, uh, yeah. there's nobody in the world with the same name huh. as mine. All right. uh, there was There was a tequila brand, but they ceased operations. Um, so I've not had any trademark uh, yeah. issues, uh, yeah. luckily, with Oslo. <laughs> but um, 
you know, that's also a word that people pronounce every time they say it for the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. Um, but okay, so you're, you're working on the operations delivery. You kind of just like the... Just helping out, just being, yeah. just saying I'm willing, you know, I'm here if you need help, you know. And, Let me know what it is, you know, whether it's the physical stuff or just like hanging out, grabbing a meal or all that. But that eventually turned into me driving up uh, from Richmond to D.C., spending a few nights on Mike and Hannah's couch in their... In their uh, condo and putting up with the cat allergies i had and uh working out of a shared kitchen space producing coffee until late at night and medium-sized 55 gallon brew vessels and yeah and then grew that from that to a few thousand gallon tank or thousand gallon tanks and uh, had a big production facility in richmond virginia and shipping across 13 states and um, my line was I take what si sales sells and science designs and brings them together. So just the operations guy had a, had a lot of help from, uh, from Terry and Mike and making that happen and getting it out the door and a bunch of other people along the way. But, uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun just making yeah. coffee and seeing people enjoy the product. How, what was the duration of time between sleeping on the couch, commissary kitchen to those like thousand gallon like a year or so okay um, it was wow, pretty that's, quick we that's had really you know fast. we had a we moved down to our own space in uh manchester uh, like a neighborhood in richmond virginia uh, a few hundred square feet had a giant walk-in fridge and just kind of moved everything down there and started working with the mobile canning line and you know that was a huge step in just helping uh get product out the door and um you know also just you know, I was using just a typical coffee grinder that you would see in the back of a coffee shop. So hundreds of pounds of coffee through one of those little bun grinders. And um, that would just take the majority of my time and, you know, figuring out the next next step to kind of grow and improve when the sales warranted it. And ended up getting a giant grain mill and vacuum system to move the uh, grounds around and everything like that. And yeah, got a giant canning line and a few people to help and they were all great. And yeah, it was a, a fun little period. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, uh, we've had several nerding out conversations about the scaling of a, of a beverage company. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, we, we've, you've, you've helped me out a lot in my uh, production side of things. Um, that. Not, uh, I mean, not quite yet to a thousand gallons. So we'll, we'll have to write that into the next contract <laughs> we sign together. Um, no, you're figuring it out. You're doing a great job. Yeah. yeah. Doing my best, doing my yeah. best. Um, but yeah. Okay. So. You know, you're you help build this. Is that was that your first um, exposure to like entrepreneurship or or like the, seeing the operations of business happening? Um, in the college summers, on either side of the canoeing, uh, for a few years, I worked with a dorm room furniture rental company, mm. and it was one guy just running it out of his house, um, and he had a team of just people helping install. But he was really the who he did everything. You know, he did a lot of the installs himself and. Uh, just did all the dealing with the universities, but yeah, I just helped him and, you know, I was a summer intern and helped set up some sort of order processing systems and just kind of being the, the right hand guy, I guess you could call it. And just seeing the sales side, the invoicing side, the customer service side, the operations side. Uh, so he really kind of just showed me the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and really just that you're just getting stuff done. You just kind of keep moving and. Yeah, try and plan ahead as much as you can, but uh, you know, you're dealing with that environment. You're dealing with college kids and colleges and all that stuff, so anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. So in, I'm the. So that was the first experience, yes, and then that 
the you know the confluence convergent was really the first time that i had a little more authority and power and i don't want to say power but responsibility of you know um helping communicate what it ne needed to get done and plan ahead for it making sure all the pieces were in alignment um and it was interesting because it was very similar problems uh but a lot more cyclical and a short turnaround where that <clears throat> the dorm room stuff was summer you took stuff out and in the fall you put stuff in and in between you sold and all that stuff um so just very quick very fast but it was one long season where the production mindset of reducing that to getting an order in getting it out the door um or just get you placing orders ingredients and kind of seeing all those different pieces come together and it was just much more of a quicker cycle and turnaround was interesting but could use kind of the same philosophies learned from dorms direct and applying to the coffee yeah. company just yeah. how business is done like yeah. the operation systems all the yeah taking taking all the inputs doing something with it making something creating an output and, yeah. yeah understanding the risks so, you know <laughs> yeah well understanding so the steps what and i don't want to bury the lead like so yeah. something like the the coffee company ended up shutting doors shutting down. doors down um what we can either talk about that or I would love to what I'm curious about is like what was your biggest learning um yeah. about watching those that process unfold. Yeah. Um I I mean there are so many learning experiences and you know that shut down, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago at this point, I don't remember. Um, you know, learned a lot. I I've reflected on it a lot and um, you know, um, I'd say the big ones were the continual improvement mindset, like you know, if we're getting stuff out the door, that's great. That's baseline number one. You know, what can we do to make it a little bit better? Um, and kind of, you know, one, not being too hard on yourself to some degree, um, but like recognizing those those steps or what it takes to get there and um, having a data-driven approach to it. Um, if, you, <clears throat> if you're trying to improve, if you're trying to improve a certain, like, I don't know, any metric, but it doesn't actually align with how you're trying to grow, um, then you're kind of solving the wrong problem. Um, and that's okay if you're, you know, if you're down that route and you're working on something and you're at least getting better at it. But, um, you know, in the big picture things, taking that time to reflect and see, well, um, what is the thing we need to be focusing on and finding the right people to do it if it isn't you and um, learning to ask for help. But again, I think the biggest one was kind of that data-driven approach to that. Um, and I think long-winded way that also eventually led me to grad school. Um, uh, just trying to understand how, what that means, but, um, learning that lesson, um, and then applying it even to the small stuff just every day. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that can be a whole long winded conversation, but, um, yeah, I think that was the big one. Um, I love it. Yeah. It's, I, so yeah, I don't know. This might be just my disease of trying to find themes and everything but it's you know it's like i feel like most of what you've done and what you're doing is taking the complex and dangerous and trying to simplify it for for yourself and and everybody else um and you know like it started with just building systems and, and operating businesses and helping people operate businesses and now it's yeah. evolving into you being in school and again, introducing another system and language of, of coding and, and whatnot, but trying to take this kind of infinite, <clears throat> infinite ways that you can manipulate and what's the, what's the path to simplicity for it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good way to say it. And, you know, I think part of it is just, um, you know, wanting to learn more and um, see how that can really just shape anything. And I think um, it comes down to really probably almost a lack of confidence in myself. And it's like, well, if I can understand it better, then I can, then I can execute with something that I'm sure of. And, you know, I've found myself getting caught in that you know, decision paralysis a lot. And, um, you know, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but be it at the end of the day, it's like, you know, how can I move something else forward? Or how can I, um, you know, relate this back to something I've done elsewhere, keep all the pieces connected and kind of being on the right side of the what if again. And um, I think with the, yeah, I kind of forget where this was going, but. <laughs> no, this it was beautiful. Uh, well, um, and we can, change directions and also cut this out of what, but I, like you mentioned yeah. a lack of confidence. Sure. And I, it piqued my curiosity of like peeling back the layers of that. Yeah. If, you, if you're open to discussing that, yeah. that element of I it. I mean, you know, I think it's just exactly that. <laughs> um, like when did that, I yeah. guess to be more pointed, like was that something that you dealt with childhood or, you know, kind I of mean, probably, you know, it's easy to grow. Same. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's easy to, you know, always compare yourself to others and, um, you know, the imposter syndrome, all these things are things that people have talked about, you know, time and time again. And, um, you know, I think for me just realizing that, you know, that is something and it's not just inside your head and, you know, it is okay to, you know, move at your own pace and like kind of recognize the steps that are needed to, um, you know, not be stuck, I guess. And then it's like, all right, well, any step forward is better than no step forward. Um, and, you know, sometimes a step forward is just taking a breather. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, and just to kind of like play that in as well, like, I, you know, I've, I've had a lot of anxiety for most of my life. Sure. And I think that is, that was either, triggered by or probably contributed to a lack of confidence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean the, the decision paralysis and the comparison, like basically operating and this is, you know, when I was younger and everything, but like pretty much exclusively off of what I thought other people would be thinking about me with the yeah. actions that I took and, um, that leading to so much of the decision paralysis and, yeah. uh, so much of the, my work, you know, with myself and kind of like mentally, emotionally, all of that has yeah. been, kind of accepting who I am and then also leading that to be like, it doesn't fucking matter yeah. <laughs> what other yeah. people, you know, like, yeah. in, uh, but that's, I'm 31 years old right now. And that's, that's been <laughs> the bulk time. of, yeah. yeah, the the bulk of the 20, last 20 plus yeah. years of my life. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that too, where I was like, all right, well, if I can't trust the decision, then I can trust the process. And that mm. was something that took learning. It was like, you know, eventually it was like, all right, well, I understand the process to get the coffee out of the door. I understand the process to, you know, help, you know, make good decisions and um, cutting down this tree or removing certain branches or shooting a certain set of rapids. And it was like, all right, well, now I know the process. Um, and then again, learned that during the coffee one. And then that was also where I was like, oh, you can also focus on improving the process itself. So you don't always need to be focused on that, but every now and again, it's like, all right, what can we do to make the process better? Um, and then you can trust the process even more and get even more confident in your decisions. Um, and so then what does it mean to change a process? Like, is it just a small tweak or is it a drastic tweak? And um, then seeing, you know, all the sub processes or macro processes and 
um, you know, for cutting trees down, it can be from just preparing your gear ahead of time and like seeing where the fall zone is. Like, what are the hazards? Like, is the root flare good? Like, are there dead portions? Is there like a shed underneath it or side? You know, so many different questions where if you just don't know to ask, you know, you don't ask them. But then seeing that in the bigger picture, like, well, if I know I need these, I need a truck loaded up with A, B, C, and D, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I'm at the point where it's like, all right, well, now how do I just manage customers and like keep that information straight? And then like I can start learning about what specific properties and, you know, trees needed, all these different locations and how do you manage that? So uh, looking at it. There's a lot going like, on yeah, inside your head, man. Well, <laughs> I mean, but it's the same for creating a beverage. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, you're brewing the product, mm-hmm. you're uh, packaging it, and you're getting it out the door. And then within those, you know, I'm sure you intimately, when I said each one of those steps, were like, well, now I can think of like, all right, for packaging. Yep. You know, you open the lid, you pour the liquid in, you close the lid, you, you know, put the sticker on, you shrink wrap it, you know, there are steps to everything and you can zone out. You don't always have to actively think about it, but then how does that fit into like the customer, like, you know, shipping it, delivering it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, so when you're in that moment, it is kind of zen, like, you know, I'm doing this action, you know, mm-hmm. I'm bottling, packaging, putting the product in, in the end thing and getting it out of the door. Um, or you can just change the mindset completely, not even think about it and just like, all right, now I'm in like the sales or events or marketing or, um, for me, the operation side was just like the actual brewing of the product. So, yeah. You know, feeling the heat of the kettle or, you know, the smell of the winter mint. It's like, I know all these steps. It's like, all right, well, all of a sudden you had that click of like, it would be better if I did it this way or another way. And um, so I think, yeah, being able to kind of zoom in and out. and Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm hearing like you getting comfortable with the uncertainty of the future in mm-hmm. terms of all these things, right? Because yeah. you have no idea, you know, the canoeing, what like yeah. what the, the rapid will have in store for it or yeah. with the um, business, like, you know, what, what's going to happen with, and, and you guys like took on investment and like yeah. how that next chapter is going to go or with the yeah. tree, like what crazy animals going to just like <laughs> pop out of like yeah. that's living in there. That's funny um, you say that. I got uh, stung by a bee the other day. I oh. actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I figured you'd enjoy this. Did, did it swell up like yeah. you would have? Oh my God. Yeah. That, it's pretty, it's balloon. It's and, yeah. beautiful. It like I, I've only had that one time and it was like the weirdest thing. I was playing flag football, mm. went for an interception, missed, uh, landed. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. but yeah. I have to be honest here. <laughs> I missed and I like, like rolled over on my wrist Ooh. and I thought like, you know, something would happen to my wrist. My hand just was the most yeah. swollen it's ever been yeah. for like, for like a week. Yeah. Um, and I already have like weirdly just like dense, big hands. But I would go and like I would. It was my right yeah. hand. I shook someone's hand and they would be horrified. They're yeah. like, "What the? F- what is wrong I'll make with sure you?" To fist bump with the other hand. Yeah, for just a while. Yeah, yeah, some bows yeah. or whatnot. Um, okay, but yeah, the the it, it, but this bringing it back around yeah. to the you know that thing of like the one step in front of the other. Like you you mentioned that with the portaging and mm-hmm. canoeing. And it's all you. The end result, like sure, you have a destination in mind. You have a goal that you're working towards, mm-hmm. but. All you can really worry about is this exact moment, taking that next step and, and hoping and being as prepared as possible and, and intentional as possible to have it take you to that yeah. goal destination. And I think a lot of that just comes down from, you know, uh, experience and learning and, you know, being having that mindset of like, why are we doing it a certain way? Being that annoying uh, guy who's got no shame and asking questions and, mm-hmm. um, 
and I think that also helps later on down the line, like when more responsibility is given. And, you know, again, I just, you, we've been talking about Portage and so my mind's been on canoe trips and everything, but you know where you're getting put in, you know where you're getting out, you know, that's, those are the two things, you know, and question mark in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, you should have a route, you know, you have everything you need to eat and sleep in your tent. So like biggest thing you got to worry about is like, where are we going to sleep? What are we going to eat? And we've got it covered. You know, you trust your paddling skills. You've done enough prep work to understand how many days it should take, give or take. You have backup and like any project management, um, you know, you understand where you're going, you know, and how do you get there? And if you understand all the pieces along the way, then, you know, it just comes down to acting and dealing with the uncertainty in between. But yeah, hopefully it's all mitigated. Yeah. Like not to say not, something won't happen, but, you know, being prepared and um, yeah, just... And not to say that this is the most important thing, but I, I do think a lot of it is enabled through maybe a lack of confidence at times because you're, you, you take the extra time to prepare and make sure that you have everything done that you can be done ahead of time in order to just like be as confident as possible setting foot yeah. in. There's not, you know, there's no like the other side would be arrogance yeah. where you're like, I don't, I don't yeah. care what's going to happen. I'm going to figure, you know, and yeah. then, and I think that, you know, to some degree <clears throat> you need to, you need to be willing to take the risk. Like you can't control for everything, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, if you prepared for it, hopefully you can at least, you know, have an escape route. Um, yeah. and whether that's, you know, just slowing the pace down and waiting till you're better prepared, whether it's information, equipment or whatever it is, or skills, you know, figuring out where that deficit is, or just saying, you know, not the right time come back later <clears throat> and move on um yeah and it's a, it's that curiosity of like the beginner's mind and, and always yeah. exploring slash you know walking in with curiosity of like what is going to be introduced to me here whether you yeah. know in in all these different moments and um if the answer is bad things then you leave you know yeah. like and that's and that's yeah. just all that's the repeat again and again yeah. as you're going yeah. down the path Okay. Well said. I, I love it. I mean, I'm just out here trying to shoot shots on yeah, how, how say, to eloquently is, describe yeah, things. Impressive. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I want to, we're going to move into another more rapid fire portion okay. of this. Um, I showed you a couple questions ahead of this, but the, I mean, we can start actually with one that you've already answered intermittently within this is the, you yeah. know, the phrase that you repeat to yourself. So like be on the, the right side of the what if. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with that or what, what's the story behind that? Um, you know, I really don't know. Um, I don't know where I first started thinking about it, but, um, I think it, you know, if you were to look at everything we've talked about, it kind of is evident, like, you know, being willing to say yes to things and never just, you know, I'm not saying I don't say no to stuff, but, uh, um, if some piques the curious curiosity, if it doesn't, um, if it doesn't hinder or make anything you know, horribly worse, uh, trying it out and seeing if it's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think part of that, you know, that's how I ended up going back to school and just, you know, was talking to a professor and they suggested I apply. And I was like, well, you know, if I apply, at least if, you know, I can say I did it, you know, rather than wondering what if I hadn't, or, you know, what if I hadn't shot that set of rapids or what if I hadn't, you know, tried making coffee or, um, tried stalling dorm room furniture and, or tried be, sitting behind a desk and being a business analyst. Uh, you know, I, I saw what was behind the door and 
Um, you know, not saying it's never going to be for me, but at least right now, um, you know, I was able to say like, I make that decision myself and I was fortunate enough to do that. And, um, so the origin of it, hard to say, but, um, just life and your, your your life being, being lucky. And, you know, I think growing from that lack of confidence to saying, well, tired of not knowing what was on that side of the what if and. Yeah, hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, and I think it's Jeff Bezos has his like decision making process is the regret minimization hmm. system, is what I, you know, then he's, sure. it's Amazon. So they have very, yeah. very branded uh, yeah. way to do it. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, looking at things, one of the things that I remember from being young, my dad telling me is like, you re- you'll regret the things you don't do infinitely more than the things you do. And sure, mm-hmm. there's things that you do that you wish you hadn't done, but what keeps you up at night or, you know, not to get morbid, but like on your deathbed, what you're going to be thinking about is yeah. not the mistake you made sometime. It's the thing that you decided not to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the be on the right side of the, what if it feels like the, uh, just a different package of yeah. that, that same kind of philosophy. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, walk me through. So you do, I, I'd like, you do so many different things. <laughs> Tell me, Walk me through like what an ideal day looks like. And it doesn't need to be like what today was or yesterday yeah. was, just like how <clears throat> if if Ben's having the best day. Yeah. This I mean, is what it is. Waking up without any alarm doesn't matter what time. Uh, <laughs> do you do you know around what time it would be? I feel like I usually wake up around like by seven like seven ish, just naturally okay. with the sun. Um in the winter it's later. One with nature. Yeah, one with nature. Um and then having a cup of coffee, uh, just nice and slow, really easing into the morning. And then what type of coffee? Just regular <laughs> pour over, uh, black coffee. Mm. Uh, I like, uh, I didn't know if you had like a specific type of bean from the convergent days of this nah, lightly nah. roasted, um, under, yeah. Nah, I just, uh, I like it all. If, uh, if somebody is, uh, cared about getting it to me, I'll drink it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then. It depends after that. Usually, uh, ideal day. Ideal. That's a tough one. Um, I, p- I posted to the whole LinkedIn world yeah, yesterday. And I was going to say, because ideal, I'm not like, you know, I might be doing just finding a problem that has been giving me trouble or feeling that I've been working on recently and making some headway on that. And Yeah, so some, um, some deep work. Yeah, you know, like whether it's just like um, computer work, you know, class work recently. Um, been just kind of doing a little bit of that when I can fit it in. Uh, I've been trying to, you know, have some light, easy outdoor work to kind of get the body moving. Um, and then, dude, I don't know. That's a tough question. It, yeah. It, like if you, you encompass it pretty well, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, <clears throat> so wake up, have yeah. a, have a leisurely and like, yeah. you know, cause, and I'm trying not to make it like when I say ideal day, it's like, yeah, I like being productive and moving stuff forward, but trying not to define it in the sense of like just business or just school and it's like truly mm-hmm. best case scenario wake up nowhere to be have a cup of coffee you know um, get some physical movement work in um go and like see if i can and again i feel like it's just a vacation day really yeah <laughs> um explore something new eat some good food um what you know whether it's just like homemade something at, on the back porch or um 
yeah, camping or something. Really, I think I'd just be camping my ideal day. <laughs> yeah, just be, yeah. <laughs> Sit by a fire, by a river. Truly being one with yeah, nature. Just hanging out. Um, yeah. Hmm. I've, I mean, I haven't, I haven't spent a day like that. I've, I, my camping experience is so minimal. Um, I've done, I've done a fair amount of glamping, yeah. but you know, I mean, relaxing, recharging, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. And then what's like, what is your favorite book or podcast or just kind of information uh, vehicle <clears throat> that you've um, either, you know, it doesn't have to be in the last like month or so, but just one that comes to mind when I, when I say favorite book or podcast. Um, well, I guess the book I'm reading right now is The Body. Um, mm. um, and I believe it's <clears throat> Bill Bryson uh, who did The Woods. And please correct if we need it, if I got that wrong. Fact we, checks. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can, uh, I can re-record whoever. <laughs> yeah. But the re- rationale, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I've, I find that interesting because he's very good at simplifying um just how the body works. Um, mm. So I, you know, I don't know if that's my favorite, but I'm reading it now and I enjoy it. Um, so you wrote the woods first. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Okay, um, what or like... walk in the woods or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just <clears throat> like reading books that explain the world around me and all of that. Uh, honestly, not great at listening to podcasts. Um, yeah, you're yeah. In, you're too busy in trees wielding chainsaws. So yeah, <laughs> who's got who's got time for a nah, podcast? I don't know if it's a time thing, but uh, when uh, on road trips, my favorite murder for sure. Okay, so yeah, <clears throat> uh, that's a that's a good guilty pleasure. I'm not even guilty about it. That's a great show. Yeah, uh, my favorite murder, murderer, murderer. murderer. Yeah. Okay, and they do they feature like different murderers. Uh, yeah, pretty much different stories. Um, these two uh, two women just telling you a little bit of history, kind of. The story behind it and you know interest in here and something you never would have heard about and did did you and jenna listen to it while you were living out of your car driving around in like the, the wilderness did. yeah that would be that did. would be horrifying for me it's just like let me be in the desolate <laughs> isolated world and be soothed by the sounds of here's the gruesome killing of somebody else yeah well when you put it like that um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay cool well ben this has been spectacular lovely yeah, it's been a lot of fun it, you know we've known each other since we were 10 but I, I learned so much more about you in this conversation which is one of the core reasons why i like to do this shit um <laughs> but i guess passing it over to you is there anything that else you would like to add um or share not really um you know this was a cool experience i've never uh, i've never been First, great about talking to my about myself so this has been a very humbling exercise and being on the right side of the what if there. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. You know, Mm -hmm. no, I couldn't find a reason not to show up, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) No, it, uh, it, it's been interesting. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a ton of fun and, uh, excited to see where it goes. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you being here. 